section fourteen of germinal by emile zola translated by havelock ellis this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by matt perard part three chapter three towards the middle of august etienne settled with the maheus zachary having married and obtained from the company a vacant house in the settlement for philomene and the two children during the first days the young man experienced some constraint in the presence of catherine there was a constant intimacy as he everywhere replaced the elder brother sharing jeanlin's bed over against the big sisters going to bed and getting up he had to dress and undress near her and see her take off and put on her garments when the last skirt fell from her she appeared of pallid whiteness that transparent snow of anemic blondes and he experienced a constant emotion in finding her with hands and face already spoilt as white as if dipped in milk from her heels to her neck where the line of tan stood out sharply like a necklace of amber he pretended to turn away but little by little he knew her the feet at first which his lowered eyes met then a glimpse of a knee when she slid beneath the coverlet then her bosom with little rigid breasts as she leant over the bowl in the morning she would hasten without looking at him and in ten seconds was undressed and stretched beside alzire with so supple and snake-like a movement that he had scarcely taken off his shoes when she disappeared turning her back and only showing her heavy knot of hair she never had any reason to be angry with him if a sort of obsession made him watch her in spite of himself at the moment when she lay down he avoided all practical jokes or dangerous pastimes the parents were there and besides he still had for her a feeling half of friendship and half of spite which prevented him from treating her as a girl to be desired in the midst of the abandonment of their now common life in dressing at meals during work where nothing of them remained secret not even their most intimate needs all the modesty of the family had taken refuge in the daily bath for which the young girl now went upstairs alone while the men bathed below one after the other at the end of the first month etienne and catherine seemed no longer to see each other when in the evening before extinguishing the candle they moved about the room undressed she had ceased to hasten and resumed her old custom of doing up her hair at the edge of her bed while her arms raised in the air lifted her chemise to her thighs and he without his trousers sometimes helped her looking for the hairpins that she had lost custom killed the shame of being naked they found it natural to be like this for they were doing no harm and it was not their fault if there was only one room for so many people sometimes however a trouble came over them suddenly at moments when they had no guilty thought after some nights when he had not seen her pale body he suddenly saw her white all over with a whiteness which shook him with a shiver which obliged him to turn away for fear of yielding to the desire to take her on other evenings without any apparent reason she would be overcome by a panic of modesty and hastened to slip between the sheets as if she felt the hands of this lad seizing her then when the candle was out they both knew that they were not sleeping but were thinking of each other in spite of their weariness 
this made them restless and sulky all the following day they liked best the tranquil evenings when they could behave together like comrades etienne only complained of jeanlin who slept curled up alzire slept lightly and lenore and henri were found in the morning in each other's arms exactly as they had gone to sleep in the dark house there was no other sound than the snoring of Mehu and Mehud, rolling out at regular intervals like a forge bellows on the whole etienne was better off than at rasseneur's the bed was tolerable and the sheets were changed every month he had better soup too and only suffered from the rarity of meat but they were all in the same condition and for forty-five francs he could not demand rabbit to every meal these forty-five francs helped the family and enabled them to make both ends meet though always leaving some small debts and arrears so the mahus were grateful to their lodger his linen was washed and mended his buttons sewn on and his affairs kept in order in fact he felt all around him a woman's neatness and care it was at this time that etienne began to understand the ideas that were buzzing in his brain up till then he had only felt an instinctive revolt in the midst of the inarticulate fermentation among his mates all sorts of confused questions came before him why are some miserable why are others rich why are the former beneath the heel of the latter without hope of ever taking their place and his first stage was to understand his ignorance a secret shame a hidden annoyance gnawed him from that time he knew nothing he dared not talk about these things which were working in him like a passion the equality of all men and the equity which demanded a fair division of the earth's wealth he thus took to the methodless study of those who in ignorance feel the fascination of knowledge he now kept up a regular correspondence with Bouchard, who was better educated than himself and more advanced in the socialist movement he had books sent to him and his ill-digested reading still further excited his brain especially a medical book entitled hygiene du minor in which a belgian doctor had summed up the evils of which the people in coal mines were dying without counting treatises on political economy incomprehensible in their technical dryness anarchist pamphlets which upset his ideas and old numbers of newspapers which he preserved as irrefutable arguments for possible discussions souverain also lent him books and the works on cooperative societies had made him dream for a month of a universal exchange association abolishing money and basing the whole social life on work the shame of his ignorance left him and a certain pride came to him now that he felt himself thinking during these first months etienne retained the ecstasy of a novice his heart was bursting with generous indignation against the oppressors and looking forward to the approaching triumph of the oppressed he had not yet manufactured a system his reading had been too vague rasseneur's practical demands were mixed up in his mind with souverain's violent and destructive methods and when he came out of the advantage where he was to be found nearly every day 
railing with them against the company he walked as if in a dream assisting at a radical regeneration of nations to be effected without one broken window or a single drop of blood the methods of execution remained obscure he preferred to think that things would go very well for he lost his head as soon as he tried to formulate a programme of reconstruction he even showed himself full of illogical moderation he often said that we must banish politics from the social question a phrase which he had read and which seemed a useful one to repeat among the phlegmatic colliers with whom he lived every evening now at the mehus they delayed half an hour before going to bed etienne always introduced the same subject as his nature became more refined he found himself wounded by the promiscuity of the settlement were they beasts to be thus pinned together in the midst of fields so tightly packed that one could not change one's shirt without exhibiting one's backside to the neighbours and how bad it was for health and boys and girls were forced to grow corrupt together lord replied maheu if there were more money there would be more comfort all the same it's true enough that it's good for no one to live piled up like that it always ends with making the men drunk and the girls big-bellied and the family began to talk each having his say while the petroleum lamp vitiated the air of the room already stinking of fried onion no life was certainly not a joke one had to work like a brute of labour which was once a punishment for convicts one left one's skin there oftener than was one's turn all that without even getting meat on the table in the evening no doubt one had one's feed one ate indeed but so little just enough to suffer without dying overcome with debts and pursued as if one had stolen the bread when sunday came one slept from weariness the only pleasures were to get drunk and to get a child with one's wife then the beer swelled the belly and the child later on left you to go to the dogs no it was certainly not a joke then maheu joined in the bother is you see when you have to say to yourself that it won't change when you're young you think that happiness will come some time you hope for things and then the wretchedness begins always over again and you get shut up in it now i don't wish harm to any one but there are times when this injustice makes me mad there was silence they were all breathing with the vague discomfort of this closed-in horizon father bonmort only if he was there opened his eyes with surprise for in his time people used not to worry about things they were born in the coal and they hammered at the seam without asking for more while now there was an air of stirring which made the colliers ambitious it don't do to spit at anything he murmured a good glass is a good glass as to the masters they're often rascals but there always will be masters won't there what's the use of racking your brains over those things etienne at once became animated what the worker was to be forbidden to think why that was just it things would change now because the worker had begun to think in the old man's time the miner lived in the mine like a brute like a machine for extracting coal always under the earth with ears and eyes stopped to outward events 
so the wretch who governed found it easy to sell him and buy him and to devour his flesh he did not even know what was going on but now the miner was waking up down there germinating in the earth just as a grain germinates and some fine day he would spring up in the midst of the fields yes men would spring up an army of men who would re-establish justice is it not true that all citizens are equal since the revolution because they vote together why should the worker remain the slave of the master who pays him the big companies with their machines were crushing everything and one no longer had against them the ancient guarantees when people of the same trade united in a body were able to defend themselves it was for that by god and for no other reason that all would burst up one day thanks to education one had only to look into the settlement itself the grandfathers could not sign their names the fathers could do so and as for the sons they read and wrote like schoolmasters ah it was springing up it was springing up little by little a rough harvest of men who would ripen in the sun from the moment when they were no longer each of them stuck to his place for his whole existence and when they had the ambition to take a neighbor's place why should they not hit out with their fists and try for the mastery maheu was shaken but remained full of doubts as soon as you move they give you back your certificate he said the old man is right it will always be the miner who gets all the trouble without a chance of a leg of mutton now and then as a reward maheude who had been silent for a while awoke as from a dream but if what the priests tell is true if the poor people in this world become the rich ones in the next a burst of laughter interrupted her even the children shrugged their shoulders being incredulous in the open air keeping a secret fear of ghosts in the pit but glad of the empty sky ah bosh the priests exclaimed maheu if they believed that they'd eat less and work more so as to reserve a better place for themselves up there no when one's dead one's dead maheu sighed deeply oh lord lord then her hands fell on to her knees with a gesture of immense dejection then if that's true we are done for we are they all looked at one another father bonnemort spat into his handkerchief while maheu sat with his extinguished pipe which he had forgotten in his mouth alzire listened between lenore and henri who were sleeping on the edge of the table but catherine with her chin in her hand never took her large clear eyes off etienne while he was protesting declaring his faith and opening out the enchanting future of his social dream around them the settlement was asleep one only heard the stray cries of a child or the complaints of a belated drunkard in the parlor the clocks ticked slowly and a damp freshness arose from the sanded floor in spite of the stuffy air fine ideas said the young man why do you need a good god in his paradise to make you happy haven't you got it in your own power to make yourselves happy on earth with his enthusiastic voice he spoke on and on the close horizon was bursting out a gap of light was opening in the sombre lives of these poor people the eternal wretchedness 
beginning over and over again the brutalizing labor the fate of a beast who gives his wool and has his throat cut all the misfortune disappeared as though swept away by a great flood of sunlight and beneath the dazzling gleam of fairyland justice descended from heaven since the good god was dead justice would assure the happiness of men and equality and brotherhood would reign a new society would spring up in a day just as in dreams an immense town with the splendor of a mirage in which each citizen lived by his work and took his share in the common joys the old rotten world had fallen to dust a young humanity purged from its crimes formed but a single nation of workers having for their motto to each according to his deserts and to each desert according to its performance and this stream grew continually larger and more beautiful and more seductive as it mounted higher in the impossible at first maheu refused to listen possessed by a deep dread no no it was too beautiful it would not do to embark upon these ideas for they made life seem abominable afterwards and one would have destroyed everything in the effort to be happy when she saw maheu's eyes shine and that he was troubled and won over she became restless and exclaimed interrupting etienne don't listen my man you can see he's only telling us fairy tales do you think the bourgeois would ever consent to work as we do but little by little the charm worked on her also her imagination was aroused and she smiled at last entering his marvellous world of hope it was so sweet to forget for a while the sad reality when one lives like the beast with face bent towards the earth one needs a corner of falsehood where one can amuse oneself by regaling on the things one will never possess and what made her enthusiastic and brought her into agreement with the young man was the idea of justice now there you're right she exclaimed when a thing's just i don't mind being cut to pieces for it and it's true enough it would be just for us to have a turn then maheu ventured to become excited blast it all i am not rich but i would give five francs to keep alive to see that what a hustling eh will it be soon and how can we set about it etienne began talking again the old social system was cracking it could not last more than a few months he affirmed roundly as to the methods of execution he spoke more vaguely mixing up his reading and fearing before ignorant hearers to enter on explanations where he might lose himself all the systems had their share in it softened by the certainty of easy triumph a universal kiss which would bring to an end all class misunderstandings without taking count however of the thick-heads among the masters and bourgeois whom it would perhaps be necessary to bring to reason by force and the maheus looked as if they understood approving and accepting miraculous solutions with the blind faith of new believers like those christians of the early days of the church who awaited the coming of a perfect society on the dunghill of the ancient world little azira picked up a few words and imagined happiness under the form of a very warm house where children could play and eat as long as they liked catherine without moving 
her chin always resting in her hand kept her eyes fixed on etienne and when he stopped a slight shudder passed over her and she was quite pale as if she felt the cold but maheu looked at the clock past nine can it be possible we shall never get up to-morrow and the maheus left the table with hearts ill at ease and in despair it seemed to them that they had just been rich and that they had now suddenly fallen back into the mud father bonnemort who was setting out for the pit growled that those sort of stories wouldn't make the soup better while the others went upstairs in single file noticing the dampness of the walls and the pestiferous stuffiness of the air upstairs amid the heavy slumber of the settlement when catherine had got into bed last and blown out the candle etienne heard her tossing feverishly before getting to sleep often at these conversations the neighbors came in levaque who grew excited at the idea of a general sharing Perron, who prudently went to bed as soon as they attacked the company at long intervals zacharie came in for a moment but politics bored him he preferred to go off and drink a glass at the advantage as to cheval he would go to extremes and wanted to draw blood nearly every evening he passed an hour with the Mehus. in this assiduity there was a certain unconfessed jealousy the fear that he would be robbed of catherine this girl of whom he was already growing tired had become precious to him now that a man slept near her and could take her at night etienne's influence increased he gradually revolutionized the settlement his propaganda was unseen and all the more sure since he was growing in the estimation of all Mahid, notwithstanding the caution of a prudent housekeeper treated him with consideration as a young man who paid regularly and neither drank nor gambled with his nose always in a book she spread abroad his reputation among the neighbors as an educated lad a reputation which they abused by asking him to write their letters he was a sort of business man charged with correspondence and consulted by households in affairs of difficulty since september he had thus at last been able to establish his famous provident fund which was still very precarious only including the inhabitants of the settlement but he hoped to be able to obtain the adhesion of the miners at all the pits especially if the company which had remained passive continued not to interfere he had been made secretary of the association and he even received a small salary for the clerking this made him almost rich if a married miner can with difficulty make both ends meet a sober lad who had no burdens can even manage to save from this time a slow transformation took place in etienne certain instincts of refinement and comfort which had slept during his poverty were now revealed he began to buy cloth garments he also bought a pair of elegant boots he became a big man the whole settlement grouped round him the satisfaction of his self-love was delicious he became intoxicated with this first enjoyment of popularity to be at the head of others to command he who was so young and but the day before had been a mere labourer this filled him with pride and enlarged his dream of an approaching revolution in which he was to play a part 
his face changed he became serious and put on airs while his growing ambition inflamed his theories and pushed him to ideas of violence but autumn was advancing and the october cold had blighted the little gardens of the settlement behind the thin lilacs the trammers no longer tumbled the putters over on the shed and only the winter vegetables remained the cabbages pearled with white frost the leeks and the salads once more the rains were beating down on the red tiles and flowing down into the tubs beneath the gutters with the sound of a torrent in every house the stove piled up with coal was never cold and poisoned the close parlors it was the season of wretchedness beginning once more in october on one of the first frosty nights etienne feverish after his conversation below could not sleep he had seen catherine glide beneath the coverlet and then blow out the candle she also appeared to be quite overcome and tormented by one of those fits of modesty which still made her hasten sometimes and so awkwardly that she only uncovered herself more in the darkness she lay as though dead but he knew that she also was awake and he felt that she was thinking of him just as he was thinking of her this mute exchange of their beings had never before filled them with such trouble the minutes went by and neither he nor she moved only their breathing was embarrassed in spite of their efforts to, re to retain it twice over he was on the point of rising and taking her it was idiotic to have such a strong desire for each other and never to satisfy it why should they thus sulk against what they desired the children were asleep she was quite willing he was certain that she was waiting for him stifling and that she would close her arms round him in silence with clenched teeth nearly an hour passed he did not go to take her and she did not turn round for fear of calling him the more they lived side by side the more a barrier was raised of shames repugnancies delicacies of friendship which they could not explain even to themselves End of section fourteen